When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. The Oilers and Eskimos looking like the Oilers are going to be back either August 1st or 2nd. We will have that game for you. And uh, if there's a CFL season, we'll have Eskimos games. The latest discussion, and we talked about it a bit with Blake Dermott last night, is uh, maybe going to a hub city, Winnipeg or Regina, playing a six-game regular season with eight of the nine teams making the playoffs and maybe if you get into november you could have the quarterfinals semifinals and the great cup in the stadiums of the team with a better record something to keep an eye on uh again we had a lot of discussion in the first hour of the show about uh, bel air directs uh, a sponsor of the edmonton eskimos sponsoring the 50 50 issuing a statement that they would like the eskimos to change their name appreciate everybody who weighed in on that uh i i seriously do respect everybody's opinion. I seriously respect that the large majority of you were uh, mature and uh, and serious and thoughtful about it. I think that's really how we uh, can get somewhere, as opposed to just uh, finger pointing and, and shouting and and uh, and insulting everybody. So I really appreciate the the things that came in tonight, both on the phone lines and on the text line. We are going to have a, a lot of fun here with our next guest. He is a regular contributor to the program. He always puts a smile on my face. It is the one and only Ken Reed. Ken, how are you doing, sir? Great, Reed. Just surviving a heat wave, buddy. How are you? How hot is it out there? Oh, man. Well, I've never wanted to complain about the heat living in Canada, but mid-30s is very toasty, put it that way. Oh, and very, it's probably muggy, toasty. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's muggy. It's mid-30s. It's... Uh, it's uh it's it's different so if you don't think the planet's warming up uh come visit warming up (laughs) well it has started pouring rain here i I can hear i'm I'm now broadcasting from my basement uh so how how long were you in edmonton again how many years a few years right i was in edmonton for three years i was there from uh late 05 till late 08 okay so you'll be able to picture where i live picture about halfway between commonwealth stadium and the italian center Okay, it's, I got it's, you. it's pouring rain. It is absolutely pouring <laughs> rain. So I don't know what it's wow. like on the south side at 630 Chad or out by West Edmonton Mall, but yeah. it's, it's pouring rain here. So anyway, Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, we Beautiful. like you're you're uh, you're you're a good guy because because uh, you and I can uh, can take little barbs at each other and we just sure. we just laugh because that's our personalities. So I said on Twitter, I said, Ken Reed's coming up on the show to talk about his latest writing project. What color crayon does he use? Yeah, well, I'm going to be, I like the purple ones. I stick to the primary <laughs> colors. You know me, I don't like to get too complicated. Red, blue, the white, I leave the white one when I like to confuse people. <laughs> Use some invisible ink. No, trust yeah, me, I'm yeah. done. Uh, yeah. what, what, what's, the, what's the latest project? Tell people about this, because you're, you're, really, you're really becoming a, a regular author now. This is cool. What's the latest yeah, project? It's weird. It's weird. Um, so, yeah, I just got the cover yesterday, so I tweeted that out. So 
a few years ago, I did a book called One Night Only, which was about 39 guys who played a single NHL game. So the the uh, that did rather well by Canadian standards. It did well. Um, so this one was kind of a loose follow-up. You didn't have to read the first one to get this one, but this is called One to Remember. It's about 39 guys who scored a single NHL goal. So basically, I was a like you, I'm sure, dreamed of playing in the NHL. And if you get one goal, um, to me, it's an amazing accomplishment. But to the guys who did it, was was it an amazing accomplishment? Was it just a taste? Was it never enough? Something they cherish? Is it something they're bitter about? Because uh, about 6,000 men have skated in the NHL over the years. That's not counting goalies. I'm talking skated. And uh, 1,500 have never scored. And about approximately 400 to 450 have scored just one. So... I wanted to know how they felt about that and where their life took them after everything. Was it, uh, and I know you don't want to spoil too much, but it's always interesting as as a member of the media pursuing these, because I know even sometimes asking people to come on the show, you'll think, oh, this guy will do it. And they're like, no, I don't want to talk yeah. about that. And then sometimes you approach somebody with a dicey topic and they're just like, oh yeah, anytime. I don't care. Like, did you, did you have any yeah, of that? Sure. sure. <laughs> no, uh, everybody I got a hold of uh, was in. Uh, there were some guys I couldn't track down. Uh, some guys didn't uh, return messages. But everyone I got in contact with in terms of just chatting with them on the phone for a second, uh, they they were in. So it was, it was nice. And some guys some guys were kind of reluctant at first. And really, well, how much can we talk about one goal? And then an hour later when we hang up the phone, they kind of go, geez, you know, that one goal actually opens. It's, it's just an avenue to tell stories, really that one goal just just as the one game and just as the hockey card books were but no everyone was was awesome to talk to and you know it's funny you end up uh dave, like i mean billy smith's in there right billy smith oh nice <laughs> uh dave hansen from hansen brothers fame he scored one goal so that was cool to talk to dave and uh there's players you'd know there's players you've never heard of there's Players, like, I mean, one guy I talked to, I look at his stats, and it's something like three points in two regular season games, and I'm thinking, well, what the hell happened here? Well, what happened was he went out uh, during the playoffs and out with a few of the guys. They are playing Daily Kings. They got in a fight with a bunch of guys. Turns out the guys were gangsters. The guys came back, stabbed him in the femoral artery, almost bled to death. You know, that'll, that'll kind of your NHL career, so... That wasn't a story I was going to get on Hockey DB when the guy was listed as scoring one goal. Wow, that is amazing. Yeah. Any uh, any Oilers angles in there that fans can look forward to? Yes. Uh, okay. There's a fantastic Oilers angle in there. So I'm thinking if you want to score your one goal, like you kind of want to, you want it to look good on the game sheet. So a guy named Mike Forbes in the 81-82 season scored his one and only NHL goal. He's playing for the Oilers, and it was assisted by Gretzky and Curry. So I'm thinking that's pretty cool, you know? And and kind of what I thought about that was, Reed, if you score one goal for the Edmonton Oilers, you're probably thinking you're going to get one more that night in 1981-82, right? Because, I mean, goals are coming in bunches. But uh, this guy was uh, an honest, hardworking player. Uh, he was paired with Paul Coffey. Uh, they thought he might be a little too offensive-minded. They wanted somebody a little more stay back to play with Paul. And he was sent down, and Charlie Huddy was called up. And that the rest is history, because Huddy and Coffey were, were a great pair. Well, sorry, when's it coming out again, Ken? It coming out, it's coming out uh, this October. 
Okay. Well, we'll have you on yeah. again before that. That's oh, awesome. Sure. Wondering. You know me, I'm really shy about promoting stuff. <laughs> Well, with, with with I I will always have an author on the show because uh, I, I mean I I've known people who have written best selling books and they've been like I knew I wouldn't make a lot of money yeah but man you really don't make a lot of money even if you're writing you, a bestseller it is it's incredible how little money you make writing a book in Canada and like I mean it's funny when you say author and, and I'm not really an author but I'm just a dude who writes books but. I mean, it's a it's a national bestseller, and you think, oh my God, bestseller! Well, I'm not exactly uh, Harry Potter here or Lord of the Rings, but uh, yeah, it's something you do in addition to what you do, right? And you do it because you love it. And I love hockey history. I love picking a guy's brain, and by writing a book, I I get to call the guys and I get to pick their brain. Where you know, I'm a professional fanboy, really, when you think about it, right, Reed? Because you're asking about all these great stories and and questions. It's it's like being a professional fanboy, so I I quite enjoy it. Well, but but I mean, I don't hesitate to call you author because is this is this six for you already, or is this number five? This is six, baby. Well, you've written half a dozen books. I mean, you're to, you're a totally legit author. You, that's that's. <laughs> That's six more than most people are ever going to write, and probably yeah. six more than you thought you were going to have written six years ago. Yeah, I, I always dreamed of writing one, and uh, it was fun. I mean, you talk to a lot of guys who write books, and they'll, they'll say it's a labor of love, and it is. And a lot of guys will complain about how awful it is. I really enjoy it. I mean, yeah, the editing part is not fun when you're changing a semicolon for a hyphen or something like that, but that's what editors are for. I mean, I, I trust my editors. If they, you know, they fix my grammar. I just, I get to do the fun part. So I, I quite enjoy it. But it is, you know, it's it's work too, but it's it's fun work, you know. I'm sure if I was a, I don't know, whatever profession, if, if your hobby's uh, woodworking, I'm sure it's very tough at times, but I'm sure it's quite rewarding. So I think it's no different. Uh, do you, do you think you, here, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Do you ever think you would write a fiction book? You know what? Uh, no, I don't think I would. Um, when I go into a bookstore, I always buy the nonfiction. Uh, I really enjoy the, the nonfiction section. And I just, I don't think I'm creative enough to, to go down the fiction road. I just, it's just, it's never something I considered. Um, it's, I admire those who do, but I just don't think I'd be any good at it, so. The, in a word, no. Ken Reed, in a word, no. There you go. Thanks for giving the longer answer, though. I, I yeah, should have asked a yes/no question. You know how the business work. You like guys to expand on their answers. <laughs> All right. So, from a, a sport, I mean, I'll tell you. I'll just kind of throw this at you because one thing I've been asked a lot over the last three months is, well, I guess like your show is canceled, right? Like you're not working, <laughs> or like what are you talking about? And I've been like, well. Yeah. No, I mean, my show was reduced to an hour for a while. I'm back to two hours. But yeah. I, I have explained to people, look, the fact that there are no sports and in some cases events are getting canceled is news. It's not my preference to talk about that. But if the Edmonton mm -hmm. Marathon is canceled, that's a story. If the Edmonton yep. Prospects, the baseball team, aren't playing their season, uh, unfortunately, that's a story. So, you mm -hmm. know, there has been certainly enough to keep. How's it been, though, uh, on your end of it in the TV business? Well, it's different in the TV business, right, because the radio is good because we can do the radio from our home. So Tim and Stater still 
chugging along. I have a microphone installed in my home in case I'm needed for anything. Like, a, you know, probably the same setup you have. I have a camera installed in my home in case I'm needed for everything. But in terms of Sportsnet Central, it takes so many bodies in, in the shop, in the studio, that we're on hold. So when sports comes back, we'll come back with Sportsnet Central popping up after the games like Ivanka and I always do. And, I mean, there's a lot of restrictions in place for when we do return with physical distancing. And, as you know, in television, the control room is a really crowded place. Uh, people are jammed in there side by side. So we've, we're going to make changes to that. So on a day-to-day basis, my life has been pretty much shut down. Uh, I haven't done a show since March 18th. I think that was the night Rudy Gobert tested positive and it was a wild show and then i was set to work the next monday and, and they just called it all off because uh they, they just deemed it not a safe work environment so the radio side has continued the tv side because of all the bells and whistles we have has pretty much been reduced to uh to zoom calls and such nhl nba major league baseball i have the most concerns about how baseball is going to pull this off because mm-hmm. like there's no bubble concept where are you with how those three leagues are handling it yeah um interesting uh i think once guys get in the bubble it will be fine and i think the nhl is doing the absolute right thing by taking the game north of the border uh the nba if they're going to go to florida that's really that's really interesting because how do you, even if you're in a bubble, if the outbreak is that huge, how do you control it? Uh, baseball, I'm with you. Um, for the Blue Jays, I think their bubble's pretty safe. They're at the Rogers Center. The hotel is connected to the Rogers Center. That, to me, is pretty, that's about as good as you can get. But uh, I don't think the Red Sox are going to be living at Fenway Park. It's a cozy little place. So... I don't know. I, I think it, it's almost like this changes day to day. And you hear about teams canceling practices. You hear about players testing positive for COVID. Uh, it's a day-to-day thing. And I wonder what the what the breaking point for these leagues will be when they say, okay, that's enough. We can't go on. Um, with the NBA, I mean, the first night it went down with Rudy Gobert, it was, it was all systems off. So I'm curious as to what the, the breaking point is going forward. But uh, I think the NHL may be in the safest position, uh, being both hub cities in Canada. Uh, the NBA would be second, and I'm with you. I think baseball is probably the the riskiest one right about now. Yeah, and uh, Blue Jays, tough schedule. Got to play the Yankees 10 times, Red Sox 10 times out of 60 yeah. games. So and 10 that's... of their last 20 against the Yankees, eh? Yeah, that's either yeah. going to be very entertaining or very depressing. Yeah. You look at it. <laughs> that's a good way to look at <laughs> but, it. But but you know what? Um, as all the stats geeks always yell about their sample size, well, I'll be crazy to see how they spin this one because sixty games. That's that's pretty interesting. Well, yeah, I saw. I've seen people tweeting. Like, they, if ever anybody's ever going to hit four hundred, this is the year, right? Like, <laughs> might hit five hundred. You know, might, yeah, you might Who have knows? somebody hit five hundred. That's right. Yeah, hey, I had a good two months. I hit five hundred MVP. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, four hundred is definitely doable for sure. 
Ken, always a pleasure to have you on the show. The uh, new book, One to Remember, out in October. Of course, we'll uh, we'll have you on to tee that up as we move closer to that date. And uh, enjoy getting back to work and all the highlights you're going to be bringing people, man. Really appreciate it. Oh, man, we're going to be busy, Reed. We're going to be really busy, but thanks, buddy. And call any time, and when things start up, call again, because I'll be sitting in the shop by then. So hi to everybody in Edmonton, buddy. Good stuff. That is Ken Reed from Sportsnet. And, uh, yeah, the guy's churned out six books Sixth one, one to remember, is coming out in the fall. He's a great guy, Ken, uh, and his books are so much fun to read. I'm sure you've checked a few of them out uh, along the way. He's got the hockey card stories. Uh, one Night Only wrote the book about Dennis Marouk. Uh, so he, he is an author. He's being modest. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But you can definitely call him an author. It is 20 after 7 inside sports on Chad. Norm has called into Inside Sports. Norm, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Norm, go ahead. Suggestions on the, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you now, buddy. Thanks. Okay. Uh, Suggestions for the Eskimos name change. Uh, Edmonton Eagles, they can keep the EE. And the Edmonton Wolves, which I think the Wolves, you know what I like about those is you can call yourself an Eagle. You can call yourself a wolf. You know, I'm an Edmonton wolf. I'm an Edmonton oiler, that sort of vein. Because a lot of the names I'm seeing, like, are coming up like Empire. And, like, it's just like you can't call yourself an Empire. And we need to have something that's really strong. And they have, I think, Edmonton Eagles keeps the EE. Of course, we're going to have to go incorporate an Eagle at some point. But, um, and then the Edmonton Wolves is really strong and really Canadian and, I don't know, but I, I, I do believe they're going to have to change their name, and as well as the Redskins and the Indians, the Cleveland Indians. And it's, it's a really tricky thing, don't you think? Well, for sure. I'm sure you heard us talking about it earlier. I mean, I, I kind of go back and forth on how I feel. Do you think now, do you, do you think that they should change the name, or do you just think that it's inevitable that they'll have to? Or maybe I both? Think it's, yeah, no, inevitable. No, I don't think they necessarily need to. Um, we've all heard the argument uh, that all of these names were designed originally because of the the warrior, the bravery, and all of that. And I, it's uh, it's an accolade to those. But considering the current circumstances, it looks like we're going to have to. And I think we need to come up with some stuff that's really going to work and not just be... Um, necessarily politically correct but you got to make sure it's strong and and for the Eskimos which I have a, a, a deep passion for their history all my life in Edmonton I just wanted to have a really good name so I'm just saying like a couple suggestions that's it 
Norm, I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate your thoughts, man. I hope we talk again, okay? Yeah, okay. Good night. 780-496-0063. We will talk to the AJHL Executive of the Year when we get back. David and many of his mates have been skating at Rogers Place, getting ready for training camp, which should start Monday if all goes well with the Board of Governors and Players Association approving the return to play protocol and the collective bargaining agreement extension. We chatted about that with John, John earlier with John Shannon, and that'll go through the end of the 25-26 season. Bel Air Direct, one of the sponsors for the Edmonton Eskimos, has put out a statement saying that they need to see concrete action in the near future, including a name change. The Eskimos are aware of this, and uh, we don't expect them to comment tonight, but uh, maybe down the road. Appreciate the discussion on that earlier on Inside Sports. 780-496-0063 is to call or text. Well, Kellen, what was that song you played uh, a few minutes ago? Was that off our, our request uh, side topic? Yeah, it was. Uh, unfortunately, the texter didn't leave his name or a, a handle for us to uh, credit to, but it, the song title was Children of Heaven by the band Sword. 1980s Sword. metal for you. Okay, yeah. well, good stuff. All right, if you want to hear something coming back from break, you can text it to 780-496-0063. Really pleased to have this next gentleman on the show. He was recently named the top executive in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. He's done great work in recent seasons with the Sherwood Park Crusaders. Please welcome Kevin Love to the show. Kevin, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Very well, Reed. Thanks very much for having me. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. I'm always happy to talk about the AJHL as I uh, as I worked in Lloyd Minster for seven years and still try to follow the league as, as closely as possible. How long for you now being uh, owner of the crew? Um, been involved with the crew, I think, since right around 2002, Reed. Oh, wow, a long time. So yes, <laughs> y- you work in the AJHL. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume you're not a billionaire, and you didn't plan on becoming one by owning an AJHL team. What what uh, prompted you to get involved and and do all the hard work that is involved with running a junior A franchise? Um, when we got uh, first involved, uh, it was a number of uh, uh, Sherwood Park uh, individuals. We wanted to keep the team in Sherwood Park, so it was really sort of a community initiative. Uh, by a bunch of uh, uh, fellas from Sherwood Park. Um, as things have sort of carried on, uh, a lot of them have fallen by the wayside. And uh, basically, I, I was last man standing up until a year ago, and then I had a, a second individual or a second partner, Ryan Maxwell, that came on that's been helping me for the last two years. Okay. Well, oh, good stuff. And, and those two years have been pretty good. But I, I do want to go back to when you... You started with the team because I remember there was some instability with the Edmonton area teams because St. Albert moved to Spruce while I was covering, and then I think Fort Sask moved to St. Albert. Moved to St. Albert, and, yep, and became the Steel. And are Steel now the Wolverines? Is that the progression? Steel, there? Uh, Steel, uh, Steel. I think we're just a couple years in St. Albert, and they went out to uh, White Court. Brent Stark took, Stark took them up there. Right. So, but Sherwood Park had to work through some of that too, and making sure you could you could keep the roots there, eh? Uh, yeah. It's it's been an interesting journey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll 
do you, do you, do you, do you want to expand on that? <laughs> no, I think I'll just leave it at that. Uh, you know, it's it's it certainly has been not, you know not without its trials and tribulations, but uh, but uh, you know it's it's always been uh, it's always been important to us to keep the team in in Sherwood Park. Um, it's it's a good community, uh, good people, and and it's a good place for you know kids that want to uh, carry on not only a junior career and hopefully you know move on to you know to you know whether it be NCAA or or, or ACAC or, or university sports uh, or hockey, you know it, it's a good place to have a hockey team. So. And then, and the last couple of years have been have been really good, uh, you know, strong seasons. I work with Brendan Escott, who covers you guys and does games, and he tells me about the team. Uh, I, I, I we talked to uh, one of your goaltenders who was drafted. Uh, Michael Benning's been doing really good for you guys and, and other players. How come you've been able to hit such a strong peak here? What do you owe it to? Um, I think I, I think about the last five years, uh, you know, we there was like you say there was there was instability, uh, not only in the ownership but just sort of in the whole uh, way we were operating. Um, about five, well, it'd be five or six years ago, I came on as president, and and uh, you know we started to make some changes um, uh, in, in in the type of player and the type of individual we wanted to bring in. Um, and we found, um, you know, we found success with that. Uh, we've got a really good coaching staff here, Adam. You know, Mana has been with us that amount of time. Um, we've got Jeff Wojtka that is uh, helping out uh, as an associate coach. And everybody, you know, and, and, and if anybody wants to learn how to play defense, it's, it's uh, you know, it's a nice feather in our cap when we've got a guy that's played that long in the NHL. You know, he certainly has the ability to teach kids. Mm-hmm. And then we've got, uh, you know, and then we've got Kyle Chase that's been uh, been gen- uh, general manager here mm-hmm. the last five years and has done a real good job uh, bringing the kind of kids we want in. You know, when... Probably about you know, and and with you being in the AJHL and in and in Lloyd, you know it it takes a lot of work to start to get a pro- program going the proper way. And then you know w- once you find that you've got a good program, you know you'll start to attract kids. It isn't that you're out there pounding the pavement trying to get kids coming to you, or you find that you know you start to attract kids. Um, and and we've been fortunate here the last couple of years. That's that's really started to happen for us. Kevin Love joining us on Inside Sports, owner of the Sherwood Park Crusaders. He was recently named Executive of the Year in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. And, you know, the challenges keep coming. So the season yeah. didn't quite finish. And, you know, I, I had I had Bartoshik on last week, your, Ryan Bartoshik, your president, your commissioner. Yep. And you guys need you guys need fans. And, and you're hoping to start on time. Um, I, I don't even know what my question is. I, I just know this is churning through your head i'm sure 24 7 about all the possibilities that are, are there for the fall but um clearly you're hoping there's going to be some mechanism where at least some fans can come to your games well yeah, absolutely you you know as well you know as i do that with the aj it, it it's gate driven you know we're not you know you haven't got a tv deal you haven't got anything of the sort you know we're we're relying on gate and we're relying on sponsorship and you know it's uh, you know we're we're just you know getting into the, the the start of of our sponsorship you know getting our sponsors on board 
um, or trying to, you know, um, again, we, we've got a good community and, and people have been, you know, uh, supportive. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a tough market out there, um, you know, for people and their businesses, that type of thing. You know, so, you know, that, that's, you know, that's the first part. And then the second, you know, part is, is what is the protocol as far as getting, uh, you know, how many people we can get into the rink and, uh, you know, what's, what, what are the seating arrangements? You know, um, you know, we're, we're still waiting to get some protocol from the county um, on what we're going to be able to do. But it, it, it is going to be very tough, you know, especially when you get, you know, good drawing teams. You know, and we found every year that our, our attendance has increased. And, and when we do get an Okotoks or a Brooks or a Spruce, you know, that comes across uh, across the city, you know, that, that the barn's pretty full. And we're just not going to be able to have that at this point in time. So it's a big question mark, not only for us. It, it's a big question mark for, for, for all of the teams in the AJHL. Do you mind if, if I ask you what a, what a good attendance number is for you guys? And, and is it still the Grand Prairies and Fort Max that usually lead the league in attendance? Or, I mean, I know Brooks wins, wins a uh, yeah, lot too. You, yeah, you've got those three. Brooks, Brooks has uh, got good attendance. Uh, Okotoks has got uh, good attendance. Uh, we're pretty well neck and neck with Spruce um, as well too. Um, so we're we're seeing our figures over the last two three years have really sort of pitched up, um, you know. And uh, you know we we're finding you know uh, especially with the teams that we've had the last couple of years when we've got a good team coming in, you know we will get you know a couple thousand people into the rink. Um, you know we had last year you know th- this year. Um, you know, in, in the playoffs, you know, last spring, you know, it was it was the first time we ever had to, you know, close the rink because um, you couldn't find a seat in it. And, wow. and you know, well, unfortunately, we were probably from the start of the playoffs this year, you know, right through, we would have been dealing with that problem. But other problems came up. Right. Well, uh, let's let's keep in touch, Kevin. Again, congratulations on on winning Executive of the Year. I, I know that's not why you why you do the job, but nice feather in your cap. And the Crusaders have been, like I said, uh, strong on and off the ice. So that's good to hear. And thanks for coming on to talk about the team and the AJHL. And all the best this summer. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, Reed. Bye. Good good stuff there from Kevin Love, owner of the uh, Sherwood Park Crusaders. And, and he said it, uh, you know, good crowd for them. They get a couple thousand, um, but they, they need that crowd. And, and Ryan Bartoshik, the commissioner of the AJ, said that to me last week. Man, they, they got to have some sort of fans being able to go when they get back at it in the fall. Hopefully we're, uh, we're living in conditions that will allow that. 7.43, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chet. We, I got a really unique uh, angle coming up here. Uh, the Canadian Elite Basketball League is changing what happens at the end of a game. They're going to shut the clock off. We'll explain. Good to have you tuning in tonight. The Edmonton Stingers of the Canadian Elite Basketball League will play the 2020 tournament in St. Catharines, Ontario, starting 
later this month. They're going to have a tournament and playoffs all in that uh, centralized location. They did want to have a full regular season where teams could travel around, and then the year-end tournament would have been in Edmonton. Of course, that had to change, but they are going to get the tournament in, and it's going to look a little different from a basketball perspective, and to talk about that from the Edmonton Stingers front office, it is Steve Sir. Steve, great to have you back on the show. How are things, buddy? I'm fine, thanks. How are you, Reid? I'm doing very well. I, I, I'm always happy to have you on, and uh, you are a regular on the show, and we've talked a lot about your, your 3x3 career but I, I'll get you to explain it here. How are basketball games going to end in the Canadian Elite Basketball League uh, this tournament season? Okay, well, I'm really glad that I read the email this morning because otherwise I'd be, I'd be stuck right now. Um, so we have the, the Elam ending, um, which uh, gained some notoriety through the NBA All-Star Game this past year. So the, the purpose behind it is to create... An exciting ending. Uh, you're going to take away offensive stalling. You're going to take away maybe like a litany of free throws. And you're going to try and make it one of those situations where we're getting a game winner. We're getting a, you know, a countdown to the end and a race to the finish line. So best way I can describe it is um, let's say that uh, the score is 77 to 71. This was what was in the email today. Um once it reaches the four-minute mark of the of the fourth quarter, and there's a stoppage of play, you take the higher score, which would be the 77 points, and mm-hmm. you add nine points to it. Okay, so that would then okay. take us to 86, and then what we are doing is we're playing 86. So. The team that's leading obviously has the advantage. They have to score nine more points, and the the team with 71 has to try and get there. So you're creating um, yeah, a race to the finish line as opposed to, say, um, what has been traditional basketball of uh, sometimes you know there, there's a, a lot of fouling and there's some points in the game where um, maybe it starts to drag. Uh, and, and we'll see. I mean, this is one of those situations where um, – if you're going to try something, now might be the time. So I, I think there could be some some real excitement, and there's going to be some experimentation, obviously, and, and we'll see how the fans enjoy it. Well, I like this idea because it, the, the game should end in about the same amount of time that it would have taken to play the three and a half or four minutes anyway. It gives an advantage to the team with the lead. If it was mm-hmm. a close game, it's still going to be uh, a close game. And you touched on it because that's – and, and Steve, I mean, you've lived all your life in the world of basketball, so I'm sure you've heard this from hardcore basketball fans and casual fans alike, and I hear it. One of the complaints is all the late-game fouling. There's all this great flow, and then the team that's behind fouls to stop the clock and try to get missed free throws. I assume that strategy would make no sense under this format. No, because now you're talking about just giving teams points when – if there's a race to the finish line, the worst thing you want to do is say, hey, take an extra step. I don't mind. So it's it's going to be interesting because coming from the world that I've been in the last three years of 3x3 where you have a time limit or you're playing to a specific score of 21, you wouldn't do that where you're trying to like, well, hey, let's stop the clock. Yeah, but if you stop the clock and you let them hit two free throws and in the game of 3x3, the, the final, whoever reaches 21 first is the winner – and the score is 18 to 17, now you're giving the team, you know, two more points potentially. Same with this. 
is if you are, let's take the 77 to 71 formula again, we add nine points to that and we're trying to get to 86, you wouldn't foul somebody to stop a fast break and put them at the free throw line knowing full well that those two points are just making your life harder. So this is going to be different. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. Like being a, a traditionalist with basketball, this is going to be different. But you know what? I mean, this is going to be through the restart, something that could be very exciting. I know they're playing around with it uh, with the tournament right now that's, that's showing games on TSN and ESPN, and it's been interesting. So, you know, I, I'm, uh, I, I think I'm like a lot of guys. I, I'm going to wait and see. Uh, I'm, I'm optimistic that it's going to be exciting, and uh, hopefully, you know, we get a bunch of exciting endings with some, some game winners and uh, some, uh, some exciting plays to give the fans a, a real fun return to basketball. And the cool thing is, it could result in next basket win scenarios. Like in our example, if it's yeah. 85-85, next basket wins. Absolutely. And, and I mean, that's that's usually like, again, using 3x3 as the example, when it's 20-20 20 to 20 or 2019, and whoever hits the next shot is going to win it, when you're at an event and everyone's kind of just on the edge of their seat hanging on every play could be the decider, it's it's really exciting. It definitely creates a new level of tension with the players that I don't think you're used to when you're you're you know you're managing the clock as opposed to managing getting to this specific endpoint. So that part's going to be interesting to see how guys who have grown up playing a certain way and, and grown up you know learning basketball and playing at a high level of basketball doing it the traditional way how this maybe changes how coaches strategize or how players play. But, you know, hey, it, it could make for a lot of fun. Steve, before I let you go, we, we might have been doing an interview on this day, even if not for the pandemic, because you probably would have been close to uh, leaving for Japan to compete in the Olympics. What mm. is the latest on your 3x3 career and uh, and your Canadian teammates? Well, we're... Um... I think we're we're in the same boat as a lot of people. Uh, we're doing our best to to remain patient. Um, we're doing our best to try and control what we can in the in the meantime to stay as prepared as we can when there's not a whole heck of a lot of routine that you've been able to follow in the last few months. But um, you know we uh, we have a place to train right now uh, that's uh, starting to get going. Um, we're trying to do it as safely as possible and we are trying also to, you know, maintain something where if someone says in the relatively near future, uh, guys, we're getting ready to play that we can start to amp it up and no one's going to get hurt and we're going to be able to be where we need, want to be, uh, with playing. But I think, you know, for three X three right now, there's a lot of feelers being put out of, if we were to do this, how would everybody respond to this? If we were to be here, how would everybody get there? Um, it's like with everybody else. It's not the easiest time, but you know our, our goal has been the Olympics for for a while here, and uh, we're, we're we were so very close, and, and we still are. So um, you know we're hoping for the best, and and we're doing our best to control what we can and uh, take it day by day. And you know, fingers crossed, we we can give it our best shot uh, next May in Austria, and we'll just keep trying to do the right things that we can do right now to to get us there. Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for outlining how that, uh, what, what is it called, the Elam ending? Yeah, the Elam ending. So if, okay. if you go on, uh, if you just Google it, it'll it'll break it down. If, if anyone out there who's listening has any questions, Google that, E-L-A-N, 
and give it a little bit of a read. And then, hey, when when the games tip off later this month, give it a watch. There's going to be games on CBC Gem. There's going to be a, there's going to be a handful of games that are going to be broadcast nationally on CBC. And check it out. Come in. There's, it's going to be really exciting, um, and it's it's going to be different. So I, I hope everyone takes the time to watch. Right on. I like the idea. Steve, thanks for checking in. All the best with the Stingers, man. Good to hear it from you, Reed. Take care, buddy. All right, that is uh, Steve, sir. So that, that's that's cool for the CEBL. When first stoppage after four minutes remaining in the fourth quarter, they shut the clock off, and the target score to win is nine points more than the team with the lead. So if you're ahead 100 to 80, it's the first team to 109, and you obviously have a huge advantage for having that lead. If it's 100 to 100, uh, first team to 109 wins. It's pretty cool. Max texting in. He says, read the Edmonton Eskimos name change should be easier and not affect their logo if they call the team Express. What are your thoughts? The Edmonton Express. And an interesting tie-in to Eskimos history there, uh, when Hugh Campbell coached in the USFL, did he not coach the Los Angeles Express? Uh, I believe he did after coaching the Eskimos. So that's something to, to keep an eye keep, keep in mind too. Edmonton Express. I might have to jot that down as a possibility. Thanks, Max, for that. All right, we're uh, we're winding her down tonight. Really appreciate your feedback. I'm sure this is going to be an ongoing story with the Eskimos name. Thanks to John Shannon, Ken Reed, Kevin Love, and Steve Sir. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. My name is Reed. Talk to you at six tomorrow. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.